0: A podcast for movie lovers.
1: Ah, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. We're here to talk about the cinema today. The cinema and the art of filmmaking. The art of filmmaking and that
0: old adage that you've heard of don't let anybody tell you that you can't make a movie. Sometimes filmmakers just go out and they make a movie and then another movie that year and then a few the next <laughs> year and a bunch more. And I love that kind of filmmaker. It's Absolutely. a different kind of filmmaker that is just a guy that wants to make movies and is going to try and hop on the best trends, the most popu- the most shocking sellers. There's that carniness to it, that carny side I love about. Right? There's an cinema. old.
1: There's an old school kind of vaudevillian kind of. Yeah, man, uh, it's taking
0: your wares town to town and peddling your trash. The,
1: the, the B movie. That we love and so much. And it doesn't much. get much
0: more B than Herschel Gordon Lewis. Oh my God. We got a, a recent one day ago opportunity to screen Bloodfeast and 2000 Maniacs in we a did. big,
1: big screen, beautiful theater, third row. Thank you to Neil and uh, the Cult Film Series for for doing that because this is so far outside of what they usually show. we
0: usually don't get a lot of opportunities to see 60s and 50s horror and sci-fi in the the theaters. We get a lot
1: of cool retro programming, but that's a blind spot. To go this this far back and to go this... This obscure. This primitive. (laughs) Primitive is a good word for it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, usually, uh, usually we get
0: stuff that's at least straight to video. This was Herschel Gordon Lewis is the
1: epitome of the schlocky trash drive-in. But his uh, one of my favorite nicknames, the Godfather of Gore. <laughs> that's so good. Such a good nickname. Is that like even if you give that to yourself, you're like, if I can make this work. Uh huh. You know,
0: if that was given to him, even cooler. But pretty cool anyway. His movies, a lot of them, I think, are very good, very cheap. Incredibly cheap. Effectively cheap. And I've seen stuff from John Waters and people like that who were clearly inspired by H.G. Lewis well before I was seeing his work. Mm -hmm. And it was only once I started reading deeper into a different kind of film history that I heard about who he was. These films played way
1: before our times.
0: Oh, yeah. This, and so
1: this movie's from what, 1963? Well, we, so yeah, Blood Feast is 63
0: Feast. and 2000 Maniacs is 64. Okay, cool. And this guy churned him out quick and his titles oh, yeah. alone were... I don't um, know, do you think you would have fallen for this? Because it's hard to put myself in this era. And some of the things that's so effective about these movies, 63, 64, uh, my parents, who are old, right? they are retirement age old people, were like 12 <laughs> you know 13 years old when these movies came out yeah i have no idea what was shocking to a 13 year old then but i, would, I have I, to
1: imagine i think this was it this was it yeah th- this movie is almost 60 years old now which is <laughs> yeah, crazy but it's nuts and it's because uh, i was squirming in my seat like yeah. this whole evening it was well like these I said, movies gross me out it's very primitive but it's uh it's kind of like watching for me I it had the same blood feast and and 2000 maniacs both kind of had the same effect of watching that original Texas Chainsaw Massacre where yeah, man you know that you're you're not dealing with professionals here. Right. But it feels almost more dangerous and explicit and cool because of this cheapness, this kind of unprofessional this cheapness aspect scares to me, it. Man. Right? it. It really bothers me. I think that's why We're
0: both kind of, we we watch a lot of shot on video stuff, which Mm -hmm. isn't for everybody.
1: Um, Some people can't handle it. Yeah. And for uh, me. Deadbeat at Dawn, another movie in that realm where just like, these are some crazy people to make this thing. Yeah, they are doing this. (laughs) Like, they are really doing this. This looks good because they're finding
0: weird ways to make it look good. Mm -hmm. And that hits me, man. And the cheap gore and that kind of stuff, it bothers me. It's more unsettling to me cuz like you said it it's so much farther removed from safety potentially there's a higher danger element in any kind of stunt you don't trust it mm-hmm. that it's being handled as professionally as other stuff you you look at like American movie with a guy getting his head rammed into right. a cupboard <laughs> like a dozen times, <laughs> just because we're not we don't know how to make a movie, mm-hmm. we end up with a great movie, but
1: you know we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. Well, so blood yeah, blood feast has that aspect of it's it's a not a human organ, but we're seeing a man handling organs. Yeah, man, the the animal organs on screen. It's so wet and so yeah. <laughs> like sloppy. And that's scary to me, man. That was it's it bothers me. But then at the same time the blood is basically red paint. Like yeah. it's thick, syrupy, bright pink paint. So then it looks so so fake. But then it for some reason that uncanny valley, I think, just like f- gets into your head. The fakeness is like it offends my eyes in a in a scary
0: way, mm-hmm. not in a snobby way. It, it something is wrong about it. And that, and so it's like bothering me on a deeper level than just being gross. Right. It's just, it shot on video and all that kind of, those cheaper horror movies, you know, these $25,000 regional horror movies, they can bother me way, way more than a, a sleeker, safer, mm-hmm. <laughs> nicer looking, uh, but grislier horror movie. This, right. like you said, it looks like just a sloppy pile of, uh, but seeing like, uh, a chunk taken out of a woman's arm or l- her leg, <laughs> yeah. you know, man, it grossed me out. I can honestly say, and this just rarely happens to me, there was a scene in this movie with these fake effects. I had to shut my eyes. Mm. <laughs> he was he, It's like gouging out eyeballs and... Uh, Ripping tongues out of women's mouths. The tongue mouths. is the scene that I yeah, had to, I had to close my one. eyes. I didn't even want to see the fake version of it. Well, what's I crazy... I chickened out.
1: Is blood Feast, it's only an hour and like eight minutes. Yeah. And but it's, some, it's sort of a long 67 minutes. It feels every minute of yeah, it. Yeah. It feels like a 90-minute movie, but it's really good at the same time. Right. And it, it, it doesn't skip on the gore. You get the long, lingering shots of the body with all the blood. You get the long, lingering shots of him putting the organs in a bag or... Oh, all man, that good stuff. Oh, man. Shoving a leg into a trash so, bag. So, watching but, a guy just hack at someone for like 30 seconds nonstop, at yeah. some point, you're just like, stop. What <laughs> do you <laughs> God? Yeah. So, so brutal. What's amazing about H.G. Lewis
0: is, I bet if we lived through this drive-in era, you know? Yeah, yeah. If that was our era. And there were all these movies that we knew we couldn't see that had all these outlandish titles. Mm-hmm. All those... 50, 60 horror is always the beast with a million eyes <laughs> sure and it's always like well they're not going to deliver on it this came right from
1: dimension x
0: yeah it, you know it's going to look like trash and all of them have these like alluring titles just to like the bloody pit of horror and a 12 year old me i imagine would have been like what the fuck is that <laughs> like what could yeah. this pit be that sounds so terrifying to me right and so H. G. Lewis has all of these incredible, like all of his movie titles are all of those same, like, well, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> it's always like "scum of the earth."
1: Yeah, like, I love
0: what it's just the trashiest yeah, shit.
1: I love "Blood Feast" as a title. "Blood that's, Feast" is a, just a that's gross a top tier title, title, right? Any honestly, any movie title that starts with the word "blood," I'm in. I mean, it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> blood anything could be cool. Yeah. We so could make right a, there. yeah, Blood Zamboni. I, I mean,
0: Ooh, first word of the title. ice rink killer flick? Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, yes. I'd be Absolutely. In. So yeah, you're right. And all his others are, you know, like, uh, you know, the gruesome twosome and the, <laughs> the taste of blood. And he's got all these just lurid. Uh, mm-hmm. And Bloodfeast somehow totally delivers on all of the broken promises. Of all of these falsely named drive-in and falsely advertised movies, Mm -hmm. movies that were never going to deliver on what the poster even advertised was going to deliver, let alone what the pictures used, you know? they lied to people all the time. <laughs> they released the same movie under several different names. You know, right, they right. were always getting tricking people into watching bad movies. That's fun. Isn't that amazing?
1: Tricking people. Isn't
0: that crazy?
1: Yeah. Just for decades,
0: 2-3 decades Imag- of people
1: lying about what was going to be shown. Imagine we go to a movie that's called like <laughs> Satan's Fun yeah. Friends or Satan's something. Satan's Bikers from Hell. And then we're watching we're like I saw this movie two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute! I would be so upset driving down
0: there, parking your car, in the driving, <laughs> and then being bamboozled, just being tricked. Wait a minute! This they is sh- act-
1: They showed this seven months this ago. Is the Devil's Writers. Yeah. I already seen this movie. You mother! Yeah, come on. Come uh, on Starlight, I'm getting my 15 cents back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going to my house that I own. <laughs> I'm listening to the radio tonight.
0: So, but somehow, imagine going oh, yeah. to the to the place where you know you're like, eh, they could be fucking me on this one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm seeing, quite frankly. Right. The bloody pit of horror could well be the bloody pit of doom I saw six months ago.
1: <laughs> right. I,
0: I didn't know they made a Rocky 7. <laughs> okay, drive all in. All right, all but right. When one actually delivers, if you go in, whatever somebody wanted, when they paid money to see Blood Feast, if there was one guy that was like, nah, not enough blood, <laughs> oh, not no. enough feasting, exactly, you get Blood, you get Blood
1: Feast, you get all of it. You get everything all of it advertises. I think the surprise to me in this movie is that it's uh, about an Egyptian goddess yeah. Uh, did not see that angle coming in the title Blood Feast. But we are at a cultural <laughs> low point in terms of falling victim to Egyptian
0: cults. <laughs> we, we've moved away from that as a people. Mm-hmm. I think with the when the 90s gave us Stargate and the Mummy franchise, right. society decided that, that we aren't getting tricked by Egyptian lore any longer. So we're yeah. pretty. We've hit a fifteen-year dry patch. Yeah, with I don't know Egyptian. It, it cults. can't be
1: overstated how deep into Egyptian shit, yeah, America was in the '60s. I, f- I feel like that's maybe when t- the Common stuff finally like came over to the museums yeah, man. here.
0: My grandparents vacationed in Egypt. You know when they oh, were they in love their it. 30s, like
1: yeah, it was like a,
0: a destination. It's for huge. So yeah, we. The Grateful got... Dead played the fucking <laughs> pyramids. You know. Sixties, seventies, e- Egyptian shit, hot, red hot. You look, the history of horror, man. You watch any of these old money movies? They can't stop talking about like the tannin leaves and the, <laughs> gosh, they loved it, they loved it. This stuff played on TV for decades with totally. the Universal horror packages. You know, these people were obsessed with this Egyptian lore. Some guy in a fez <laughs> with like a pencil mustache, like. Right. You know, like just, a hood
1: ornament coming off his chin. Right.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Def, <laughs> you know, like guys like Sid Haig were like, yeah, I can do uh Egyptian Middle Eastern guy. Hey, right. Yeah. That's me. Sid Haig made, you know, Michael Ansara. These guys made
1: 15 years of character actor work playing <laughs> racist Egyptians
0: stereotypes well that's stuff, how we man. get
1: that's how we get the very jewish sounding mal arnold as fuad ramses <laughs> fuad ramses the, he's the like, egyptian
0: caterer he's like a guy in his late 20s playing an a old Ugh. man and the movie keeps like really grinding it into your face that he's this old man yeah and even he's like yeah you know me an old every man
1: every sense I am an old man. I am very old. Uh, yeah. I'm the man who's old in this movie. Yeah. I love him though. This is my, this is my boy. I Every time he was on screen, I was like, yes, more Ramseys, please. People couldn't, it was one of these acting performances that
0: was drawing such a, and people were just unex, like everybody was surprised by this performance. Right. They didn't know what to make of it. They knew it was bad, but it was constantly keeping every second of their attention. So, everybody was just kind of reacting uh, vocally in ways to it. <laughs> like, it's uh, not the kind of performance that winds up on film in a lot of <laughs> cases, let alone screened in the biggest theater in town, you know. That's the magic. That's the real magic mm-hmm. of cinema. And it is a special performance because it is just un uh, taken from nothing, <laughs> 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 influenced by nothing whatsoever. Nobody has ever been, uh, you know. Exactly. I cannot imagine what he's, like, basing this performance (laughs) off of. It's like, what if Peter Lorre were just bad at it?
1: Right. Just bad at all of what Peter Lorre's great at. Yeah, like a Peter Lorre, Peter Cushing, like, kind of dual... Yeah. But then at the same time, yeah, he's just, he's the wild-eyed, <laughs> foot-shuffling. Uh, what a foot drag, huh? Just, yeah. I just love the intensity of this dude. Yeah. And like you said, all the other actors are, like, really put off by him the whole time. <laughs> and they're like, well, you come highly recommended as a caterer somehow. He's built... Everybody accepts him as an eccentric. This guy, rather than a danger, (laughs) in Miami, Florida, this Egyptian caterer has built up his business to the point where the you know Lynn Bolton, as the you know Miss Dorothy Fremont, comes in. Oh, you're the man to to cater my my party, and this woman with her, even when he is just bizarre and just like repeating things about ancient rituals and five thousand years ago. She's like, okay, well, that's weird, but uh two Saturdays from now, at she's, six o'clock. Like somehow. She's into like, it still.
0: She was she was like Homer buying the Krusty doll, <laughs> yes. from the guy, and just ignoring every red flag. That's, that's good. And this guy's just like really warning <laughs> that she's in danger, and she's just like, but you can do the job, right? <laughs> It's still where the date is on like she's just very casually exactly. accepting his red flags and the whole movie is a lot of that while the police are just oh my lord slowly figuring it out. We really didn't have a lot to go on. They basically relied on random tips that they heard passing by someone on the street. Yeah. That's that's how police gathered their intel in 1963.
1: <laughs> Just waiting around the office for something
0: to yeah. happen. So we get like a lo- we get like a couple of good like a one uh fist banging desk desk banging cop. Mhm. With yeah. it, with, with some good like uh male pattern baldness <laughs> for sure. like good 63 baldness. He had like a cool tight curly tuft yeah. in the front but like uh looked good under a hat but uh and then our other guy, who is Pete. This guy. What a guy. This is the guy right what here. What a movie guy.
1: William Kerwin. A guy with a really good career. Maybe, awesome career. Maybe the worst performance I've ever seen on film. <laughs> what a real <laughs> bad one. <laughs> real bad. Just just awful. This guy stuff. feels like
0: a, a weird Pleasantville AI version of, of a film noir. Exactly. Like it's film noir, but he's a little too cheery and a little bit too predatory. <laughs> he comes off like Diller, Dylan Baker's charming but oh. still weird in a different way. Older brother, sure. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's Dylan's cool brother, but he's like dating a fourteen-year-old. Yes, like he has what a... is
1: off about. He's charming, yeah. but he's just creepy about it. Yeah, too. The the this. Police detective is supposed to be an adult man and then he seems to be in a relationship with like a 17-year-old girl. Yeah, very Who's, who's young having the party? Horse girl. Yeah. Yeah. But these are just this these are the worst cops I've these ever seen. These are bad. They they're rough at their job. Th- the problem with Blood Feast is that there's really only 3 scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey's so killing someone. Yeah. People talking about how scared they are of all the killings that are going on and the two cops in the office going like well, we're just dealing with a homicidal maniac, that's all. Yeah. I'm, well, starting to, I'm starting to think there's a pattern here. And it just repeats that it sequence does. for an hour and seven minutes. And that that is, it does become a little grating. So two things can be true <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> One,
0: Blood Feast can be a great movie. I would recommend Blood Feast to any horror fan. Oh, yeah. To any, I mean, not just for its historical importance. Mm-hmm. I think it is effective in the things that it does pioneered. It's 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 it is a fun movie and yeah uh-huh. it, is, I think it, it is, is important great and I think it is important. At the same time, I looked at my phone because <laughs> I was like I had like I knew how much popcorn I had. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I need to make this last through a second movie, so I want to know when I can begin right. snacking. Yeah. And so I checked my phone and was Shocked to see that we were twenty-four minutes into this movie. I know exactly movie. what you mean. I thought we were getting into the home stretch. Right. Oh, we're at least halfway and through this. This movie thing. is barely over an hour. And I realized and we yeah. were all, we were like a third of the way in. I could have sworn we were moving. It's like, well, we're all, we're getting to the dinner party. <laughs> dinner party's gotta be the next scene, right? Oh my lord. Oh no. I could they really stretch this. <laughs> It's the shortest runtime movie
1: possible to be playing in a theater. And it couldn't be more padded. Like, this could not be a more padded. Yeah, man. every scene, that there's one, the one scene that I just was dying (laughs) was when they go to the hospital because they've got a witness who's barely conscious. Oh, yeah. And it's just them standing there slowly talking to the doctor like, is there any chance? No. (laughs) Can she, can she talk? You can try. It's just like. Guys (laughs) Guys. <laughs> yeah. Get to we the get point. a lot of um takes 10 minutes for them to just talk to the doctor to talk to the patient, then she immediately dies after giving them the information and then the doctors and nurses are just like, "Well, that's it for her." <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's dead so, now. So I watch, you oh. know, I watch a lot of, you know, old TV on oh, yeah. the
0: background while I while I work, you know, old 60s through 80s just dramas. And one of the charms of some of these early seventies like cop shows, like Cannon, is you know William Conrad, who was he was like Jake and the Fat Man. He mm-hmm. was he was he was Fat Man. <laughs> he was the Fat Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, William, I got a great new yeah. role for you. So as Cannon, he was a fat guy. Still, he was like a ten years younger fat guy. I mean, he was still like a fat guy. Mm-hmm. And episode of Cannon, sixty minutes. So there'd be a scene where it's just like four minutes of cannon driving to oh, like man. a location, or like cannon just with a sandwich. <laughs> just these, I was just like, man, I'm really living. I'm spending this day <laughs> with uh with Frank Cannon here, but there's something really charming about that. That's why my favorite TV character is Rockford, hmm. Jim Rockford. Man's just always eating a chili dog <laughs> and just has his leg up on a bench while he's talking to some guy on a, you know. You see all the nuts and bolts of all this. And with this movie, these cops, brother. Oh, boy. Their questions are so... Everybody's so matter-of-fact and straightforward. And another... This has the cheapness effect of... Some of the actors never quite feel like they're responding to the thing that was said to them. Especially exactly. our our Connie Mason. Who is Suzette, just, yeah. Suzette. She always felt like she
1: was responding to a, a different thing that somebody said and that was also a tough performance i think maybe i liked mal arnold so much because at least he was (laughs) doing Everybody was kind of differently bad but also (laughs) had their pleasantries as actors
0: it's such a weird vibe and part of that cheapness that makes it so effective but yeah you get a lot of repetition and a lot but it made me squirm and squeamish the whole time Mm -hmm. man i hated seeing these guts and this bright pinkish red offensive paint get a tongue cut out of some girl's mouth. Oh yeah. this guy is hot bubbling a stew for what must be weeks. That's why it seems like this the feast is happening. This guy is boiling up guts yeah he's 15 really cooking minutes into the movie and he's like
1: soon the feast will be here and it's like he's already got it on a hot boil, right? He's he's trying to resurrect the Egyptian goddess Ishtar. Ishtar, of one course. Of, one of my favorite bits oh, of the movie boy. is the obvious mannequin painted gold that yeah. is the Ishtar statue. Here's just the, like sixties mannequin like fashion thing that just with yeah with badly painted, painted with, eyes. Here's one thing. Love that. Lewis gets away with. Most movies
0: that would have been Blood Feast would have had a poster of this big breasted Egyptian goddess. Mm. And you were going in thinking, I'm getting a big bosomed Egyptian (laughs) goddess appearing at the end of this crappy movie. He does not uh, deliver on the goddess, but he makes up with it with his casting in so many other ways, especially in 2000 Maniacs, which I'll talk too much about. (laughs) And uh, he casts such unique, odd people, but the right people also for these parts. It just all adds to the vibe of Blood Feast. And I think that's why any we've watched way better movies that have kind of evolved into people making jokes at the screen. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get that with Blood Feast because I think it was so genuinely entertaining in exactly what it was doing that it's
1: kind of effective while also being critic proof. I know what you mean. Yeah, like, like, what are you gonna do? Make fun of blood feast? Well, it's funny because yeah, people would laugh at kind of the funniness of how and there was funny, silly stuff. some of the yeah. stuff was, and yeah, there's plenty of lines that are just and there's like, there's ridiculous. plenty of lines that are intentionally funny, right? But then there's so many moments where nothing is happening. Yeah or like just it's just William Kerwin just walking to the coffee pot and pouring coffee it's like <laughs> right. it's not really anything you can make fun of there <laughs> yeah so yeah Lewis isn't like uh giving you a lot of material but we've heard to people riff. you know riff oh, badly we, sure. yeah. with on any dumb thing you know anyone yeah in a and theater so like that and
0: so nothing like that happened here cuz i think it was so consistently bizarrely it, it was either un, not understandable or very Oddly gross. Right. and Or, uh, you know, as so many different things to keep you on your toes. Yeah. Even when it was boring, it was still like, well, I've still not
1: really seen anything like it. Well, it's like, uh, it's one of those movies where you're, for me at least, my main fear or whatever you would call it is, how gross is this going to get? Yeah. Like, how... Ugh, am how, I is how revolting? That's why I close my eyes you know, during the tongue cutting. It, it opens with him, yeah, cutting off a leg, and it's just the messiest, like bone out looking, yeah, wound. And you know he's he's got the scene on the beach with the yeah the woman's head. It looks like there's like fish guts around the head oh, to know. like kind of mimic the brains and stuff. You're just like. A head, yeah. What we get fuck? a, we get a head caved in, and it looks gross,
0: man. And yeah, then the whole time I'm just like, "How bad is this gonna get?" So people talk about how how bad the effects look in these movies and how funny they are, but these effects look way better than anything I've seen in a trauma movie, mm. you know, which were made with similar-ish
1: budgets right. in the '80s and '90s. And the editing is actually pretty good, just the way they're able to shoot him and then yeah. pulling the you know obviously fake body. His parts editing gets. Off. It, it's it's a genuine talent.
0: Yeah. And it gets even better in 2000 Maniacs, but he's so good at all of these little things that I don't usually find affecting even starting from those opening credits mm. with the blood the dri- red like dripping through the like hand- it looks so really cool. handmade, it looks so student film, but it looks so cool. Down to the fact that he does his own score. Yes. It's that so th- it's one of these great scores that... I've seen plenty of horror movies that use basically a library score and doesn't really fit with what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And even movies like Dawn of the Dead used a lot of library music. Uh, like That's a pretty major, important sure. movie to use that. But H.G. Lewis knows he needs a little bit... Like So he still does his own score. He doesn't cheap out on that. It leads to weird moments. Mm-hmm. Weird choices. The aggressively loud trombone opening. <laughs> <laughs> the intro of just a trombone getting louder and louder, held notes. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird three minutes <laughs> to spend, but he's doing stuff. He's
1: making this. He's doing every part of this. Well, and he would have like the background music, and then the the killer would show up in that bong bong. Yeah, a lot of theme percussion and, in, ha- and it was like he,
0: effective. Yeah, like it, you said. It was, a. it played into those, yeah, the themes of the people, Uh, that Peter Rabbit kind of style. Ripped off all of the stuff from Psycho in surprisingly competent ways. But for me, I would be so excited at the time. Because if I was my parents' age, I would have been too young for Psycho. Wouldn't have been seeing Psycho at eight or nine years old. Right. But Blood Feast at 13, 14, maybe can swing that. And this... Uh, like seeing Psycho in color. I right. know they say the black and white is effective, and it is. Black and white movies look incredible. But man, for 1963, seeing that color, that blood red, even just seeing those credits with the dripping ketchup paint blood, like,
1: mm-hmm. oh man, I bet my mind would have been blown. And yeah, it's it's a it's a, it, that was a huge part of the selling. Like, all the posters are, like, presented in blood red yeah. color. And... guess what? You're seeing the blood. Yeah. You're getting the blood, We're people.
0: not messing around here. I mean, stuff like uh, the Wild Bunch gets credit for using blood squibs and showing gunshot wounds and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that was five years later. Blood Feast is hacking off legs and caving in heads and pulling out tongues and ripping out eyeballs and stuff, man. That's... That was playing, yeah, drive-ins and stuff. People could see that. It was, uh, I mean, at the time, shocking stuff, right? I mean, we've read so much about film, and the year film changed, you know, that 1967, 68 with movies like Easy Rider and Mm -hmm. Bonnie and Clyde, you know, legendary violence that was portrayed on, on film. Oh, yeah. To think of something like Blood Feast happening four years before Bonnie and Clyde get shot up. That that's stunning. To me. It's I yeah I would put but it in that existed, same pantheon. Yeah,
1: you know, as far as movies that change like this is you know this is considered like the splatter movie, yeah, the like, first gore movie, right? you know, the first splatter movie. This is a uh, yeah I mean it changed a a direction, but, but you know. I think it holds up as more than just its historical importance. Mm-hmm. This it's such a
0: crazy driven picture that got made. <laughs> they made sixty seven <laughs> minutes. It got there. But just weird yeah. moments that give us, like, people loudly talking about an Egyptian feast. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a thing. Everybody's talking about it like it's a thing. But I oh, That's also, what I mean. Everybody's talking about Fuad Ramsey's Egyptian feast
1: and getting very excited about this Egyptian feast. Suzette and Detective Pete both go to a weekly, like, Egyptian yeah. history lecture series. They've been attending these... Dry as a bone, classes <laughs> on
0: Egyptian lore for months. Yeah, they have devoted so much of their free time to learning about Egypt.
1: And it's like, like Suzette's mom, like knows she's into Egyptian stuff. Like it's like a thing. People like are getting her Egyptian gifts and throwing Egyptian parties. Like you got to be into it. Yeah, but here's for the that thing:
0: <laughs> Suzette's mom backasses her way into it. The movie reveals oh. she goes and meets with Ramses. That's a, that's a f- pretty fishy Egyptian name <laughs> to be residing in your town. You know, run into a lot of Fuad Ramses. Name? Yeah. And she goes in there and she's re- really vague. Can you imagine going into a bakery and being like, bake me something with fried
1: dough, Well, <laughs> but make it weird? Isn't it like called Fuad Ramsey's Egyptian Bakery? Egyptian, or Egyptian catering. catering. Egyptian yeah, yeah, yeah. catering. So, yeah, you go in there and you're like, I don't know what you guys and are all about he's here. He's got but. this kind of
0: like cute market, though. It's like a corner yeah. market store where he stocks weird, jarred
1: things. Like, probably a place that I would check out if it was right. in my neighborhood. It's, it's like the place that's right next to like uh, Mushka's uh, flower shop from yeah. Little Shop of it's Got Horrors. a great
0: sign, the Fuad Ramsay's, yeah. great font on the sign. But then she's being really vague about like, well, I want to throw my daughter a party. But I want it weird.
1: Like he, right. I want it not something so nor like And he's gotta be like, you mean like uh, Egyptian Yeah. Like my thing but that I do. Part of
0: the reason it feels padded is Fuad <laughs> Ramsey really spaces out his words in a lot oh, of yeah. his sentences. So it's like I have
1: Perfect. And it's like, don't you know this is costing me money, Ramses? (laughs) Film is money. Come on. I got to say, the big disappointment for me then is when you get to the dinner party. When we finally get to the feast. Not an Egyptian decoration in the house. Mm. This woman has done... Bummer. Absolutely nothing outside of the catering to make this an Egyptian party. I was like, what are we doing here? So... I will say... just in pink dresses? In a vacuum, (laughs) if
0: I didn't know I was attending a specific Egyptian-themed party, I would have been having a lovely time. (laughs) It looked like a very nice dinner party. Plenty of places to sit and casually have a drink, which they looked like they were being plentiful with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It looked really... Nice parlor. Nice living room. Sure. But, (laughs) had I gotten the invite... To an Egyptian night of feasting. And I showed up and it was just Linda's
1: house. Mm. Yeah. That's I what I mean.
0: Even with the plentiful booze and the free meal, there would have been like, I was expecting a more Egyptian thing.
1: Well, I would have shown up with like, like heavy eyeliner. Yeah, like right. A, like dressed up like Ramses, and Shaved them. my head for this? I'm like, wait a we, minute. We, I thought we, huh. Okay. In, invite said Egyptian. Yeah. Okay. Everybody
0: just kind of l- really just came in a dress and suit. <laughs> yeah. Really just bringing a
1: little Clida in. I would have liked to seen, I don't know, something. Well, yeah. They spent their bu- budget in, in good ways. Some gold streamers. But also, yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Some blue and gold streamers a, around. A, some something. gold balloons. I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be.
1: You guys love Egypt so much. <laughs> Everybody coming to the party <laughs> is an Egypt phobe. Like, so, like, like e- A model pyramid yeah. on a table in the background. Yeah. All I need. I agree. <laughs> There's ways the movie disappoints. <laughs> Sorry, I'm quibbling. I, I but
0: get a, you get a lot of killing now. But you get Ramsay's making this, making his 8-week boil down in his back room. Mm-hmm. He's got a boiling pot like on a hot plate. I, he started I do the like stew. That. That's why I thought we were 5 minutes from the finish because I didn't realize he was starting his stew like a month early. Just <laughs> right. keeping it on a simmer. Just simmering his gut stew, and then occasionally adding blood, and he's always talking about flavor. He talked about flavor like Cronenberg talks about flesh. He talked about man. flavor so much.
1: Speaking of Cronenberg, yeah, how about that scene where it's like, oh, this, we're in Videodrome now. Yeah, we're man. just watching the the whipping scene. Oh, dude, and it's just a minute of him whipping a woman. I'm like, whipping her to death. Yeah, that's why these killings. It's get a, to me. It's like wait a minute. It's like how like you th- know Cronenberg must have seen that. You know it's one. of those, It's like mm-hmm. you no know guys that we love saw this when they were young and it like fucked them up in their heads. Well yeah.
0: Well bit. that's I mean I thought I had seen both of these movies. I had seen Blood Feast once mm. before and I thought I had seen Two Thousand Maniacs. But it turns out I had seen John Waters' Multiple Maniacs which clearly borrows heavily from 2,000 Maniacs. Gotcha. So, of course, guys like John Waters exist because of Mm -hmm. H.G. Lewis. It's like the coolest movies that that I all saw before H.G. Lewis stuff exist because of him. It's very influential, and it, again, holds up more than just being influential. The comedy that it does clearly intentionally go for, not all of it is just laughter at... We don't quite know how to make a movie. Right, right. There are also the, I mean, his religion that he, the book that he wrote. (laughs) It's like weird ancient Egyptian rituals.
1: Yeah, weird. Yeah, weird. Weird rites of the. Weird ancient world religions or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: They're very clearly, it's like a Bugs Bunny joke.
1: Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, totally. They clearly were writing oh, jokes. That that whole end with him and Suzette is uh, just a bit, to lay down on the table. Oh no, or, eyes closed. Close as, your eyes very tight. As he gets the machete out. And then, we, yeah, she keeps sitting up and he's holding the machete behind his back. And part Love of that,
0: that really was making me laugh because we've just recently seen Mel Brooks's Dracula dead and loving it. This felt like a gag straight out. Close totally. your eyes, keep them. Tightly closed. Totally. I can see the word-for-word, shot-for-shot scene. And that's when... That's the best Connie Mason scene we get. Mm. This girl did not have a great performance in this movie. A very
1: dead-eyed performance. Probably her like first acting. Game. I mean, also not a lot to work with when her scenes are like, Ooh, that Ishtar. Everybody,
0: <laughs> everybody gets these cool lines. All the moms get like, uh, well, yes... You better be home by a certain time due to all the killings.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everybody's like casually acknowledging all the killings. I know your friend went missing, but try to have fun at the party, anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're insisting the show must go on. They're really (laughs) keeping a stiff upper lip through this. Um, But so Connie has to, she just has to dryly react to a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And she's got her kind of horse girl hair and. Before then, she she'd been a model, I believe. She did Playboy. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> later, later, you think their relationship Google's is creepy Connie on screen? Mason plus Playboy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like sixty-three Playboy. I'm Just curious what what was shown there, because <laughs> uh, Blood Feast they show it. They show a dead naked woman in a bathtub with her leg cut off. That's Blood true. Blood Feast shows it. Like that, that could have been the advertising campaign there. We show it. That <laughs> yeah, would have been exactly.
1: huge in 63. I mean, I think that is pretty much the yeah the, the whole advertising yeah. you campaign. You want to see it? You're going to see we some We see shit. it. <laughs> Lewis had a movie. I read about this
0: a uh, long time ago, probably in some you know history of underground cinema kind of book. He has a movie called Just for the Hell of It, hmm. and it's literally just some guy smashing up a room full of shit. Cool. He's just trying to find... This is like an experimental filmmaker. Wow. This guy's just trying to film things that draw some curious audience. Yeah, yeah. Like he's figuring out YouTube before. (laughs) YouTube, you know? There's only six videos a year, but you know, a lot of them are gonna be worth checking out. A lot of them have the same kind of shocking titles to get somebody to click on it, you know? It's the same shit. It's just from 60 years ago, working with the media available at the time. And the funny scenes that have to be there intentionally, like old dumb agent Pete finally figuring out the connection between (laughs) Isha and Ishtar. But this whole... We see so many step-by-step... Like Pete's like, well, let me tell you about the clues that we have going for us right now. Exactly. There's this one thing that doesn't (laughs) quite... He's just talking at length. It's because somebody will be like, how's the case going, Pete? And then you're like, here we go. Here we go. This is... Pete Oh boy! So we'll see one end of a new thing happening, and then we'll get Pete in real time explaining the thing that oh, yeah. we just saw
1: happening. That's what, the whole ends the whole the whole flick. last two minutes is Pete <laughs> going. Well, what happened was it's like we were here the whole time <laughs> watching not, this happen. He's catching up other people, but we have to like make in on it. It's like, like we literally have the scene of him going, Ishtar. Itar? Uh, yeah, whatever it is and then later he's like well i connected uh ishtar and etar and here's the great and, and it's like here's the whole the time it's like though. they're all in a book club huh so i i found out they were all in a book club <laughs> it's like, oh my
0: god he's telling us we, every we step of his uh and then the other guys look at him like he's never heard of police work he's <laughs> telling this to a cop his other cop friend and the cops just like you're doing a really good job of this pete
1: <laughs> Sounds exactly. like you
0: are really following some very
1: logical clue directions. Yeah. While he's just lighting his pipe for <laughs> 30 minutes. Yeah, putting out a butt. Just like doing a bit where he's constantly like packing his pipe the it's whole so time. It's so
0: good. It's so good. It has to be a bit.
1: It has to be. Right? And here's the that. thing,
0: that, the way you know it's a bit, because it was still getting this reaction last night. I know I felt it. I hope you did too. <laughs> You're p- seeing dumb old Pete piece together this Isha and Ishtar thing for like 60 minutes uh-huh. of this 67-minute movie, where he's like, Eta, the girl was saying Eta. I don't know why, but that just doesn't sit right with me. Exactly. And you're just like, oh, man, they're talking about Ishtar, and Ishtar. And then like every other time he's like, Ishtar, that's a funny name. <laughs> and everybody, in the, I could tell there was an electricity in the room every time he did, and they're just like, are we going to get a scene of him putting the words to like? How, when are we going to get it? And so, and finally he was all, wait a minute. Eta? Ishta? Like you could tell the room was like, ooh, yes. yes. That's a connection with people. That yeah, yeah. has to be intentional. I refuse to believe that they built a gag like that over four scenes of a movie
1: with that payoff and not be aware that I they're hope so. doing it. I mean, I do think... Maybe audiences 60 years ago needed some some handholding. You know, Maybe. Psycho famously ends with them basically giving the diagnosis, so that everyone knows, like, sure. well, he was crazy and he thought he was his mom. Oh yeah, but this definitely felt like, yeah, man, we fucking get it. <laughs> but like, all these, like, like, even Suzette at the end, she, he, you know, uh, Ramses wants her to chant like, "Oh, Ishtar, I'm your servant now," and she yeah. she has just attended a lecture about the Ishtar blood feasts, and she's like not putting it together. No, no, no. Here's what I love about the women in these H.G. Lewis movies, man.
0: He is really great at making trashy movies with women who know how to do nothing but tease the dudes. (laughs) These dudes are so dumb, and the women come off very slutty, but you notice he... It's like he's setting this mood that these women are about to be naked and rarely delivers on this nudity, but you somehow don't feel cheated. Mm. The scene with her, she her best scenes are when she is like being both flirty with Pete in the car while also completely shutting him down right, and making him just a total, look like a total idiot. <laughs> and then when she is like just... It's basically like she is fucking with Ramses, and this whole bit—that's why I'm saying this could be a shot-for-shot shot Mel Brooks bit. Mm-hmm. The way she is like, "Okay, I guess I'll <laughs> shut him tight and recite your saying." Yeah, and the way, and then she like go, starts and goes, "What was I supposed to be?" Yeah. It's such I a forgot. like, Oh, no, you were so <laughs> close!" And like it's he's like it's like a kids' cartoon. Yeah. And it's so funny and so weird and like but I think those are her best scenes. I think she was so great and so
1: like playing up the comedy. Yeah. She was that so last good scene, at it. Yeah, that last scene with her and Ramses is my is the best. But, yeah. That's great. The
0: best parts of these movies are that these people that might not have ended up in other movies get the chance to show what they got and we get a couple of different really great in crazy intense grieving scenes. Mm. Like that dude on the beach. Yeah, really. <laughs> who just sobs for like two minutes. Just keeping having a breakdown over witnessing his So that's why some of these killings are so crude, uh, and amateur that they're so gross and effective, and you're seeing you know when you're seeing a body dragged through a beach it's like well it's probably that girl's body actually getting violently dragged they didn't get a stunt right. double right. they're not
1: getting doubles for these people
0: and that's that all just adds to the effectiveness Yeah I know what
1: you mean yeah it's like why did they choose to like have this scene where this mother is just crying her heart out yeah. over this
0: Oh terrib- we get some grief, terrible murder. man. yeah it's and weird And so yeah we we get a great finale of Ramses being, you know, fleeing the Egyptian feast after taking forever to murder
1: Suzette. Because it had to be very... What yeah, a... and then her mom walks in like, our guests are really waiting for Wait, the... What, what the fuck? The... <laughs> I love how his plan
0: just goes, this guy has gotten away with so many kills. I know. And then suddenly it's him...
1: And him's just like, won't you just hold still? And it's just him. And how did they not find a shred of evidence in these bare-banded, sloppy kills where he's dragging his left foot around the entire time? You tell me on the beach they didn't. That's why. Here's the prince. That's
0: why it's like, you cannot do this without being intentionally funny. The whole time, it's just the cops going like, you wouldn't believe it. Not a hair, not a fingerprint, <laughs> not a single sign that a human being did these murders. And then you see the murders, and it's him just like rolling in blood, just like, <laughs> ah, ah. like putting, they even show him just dragging his hands along like a, a exactly. old dusty rail. It's like, this guy is creating <laughs> mountains of nothing but evidence. Just like ripping his hair out on the scene, just ah. and then the cops are just like, I don't even, I can't even tell a person was here earlier today without all this blood. Yeah. Oh, so it has to be. And then you see him doing the killing. What a hilarious prank to do on your cult followers. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes cults, they'll make you do killing. Sure. Cults will make you do some killings. I mean, yeah, if you know anything about cults. And, but for them to be like, this just felt like they were pranking Ramseys. It's like, you have to convince a girl to lie down on a kitchen counter with her eyes shut, her arms sticking straight up in the air. It just felt like they're like, all right, what's another dumb thing we can get Ramses <laughs> to do? Like he is being messed with. Right. Like there's no goddess. There's some other thing from the other world just like fucking with yeah. Ramses.
1: Ishtar is just looking down like this fucking guy. This guy. He'll do anything. Anyway. I can't
0: believe. No, 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 keep him shut. Keep him shut. They're like, yeah, oh, he's just got him. just, you know, balancing plates over here. poor guy but yeah you're seeing this evidence free man take five minutes to kill Suzette and then her mom comes in and it's immediately him just like (laughs) like (laughs) running out the door like like an old Buster Keaton kind of movie running down the street with a knife raised above his hand apparently did not drive there because he just runs off shows up and then the cops are like hey that guy (laughs) with the knife so yeah we get this great chase through the town dump yeah man Here's the thing. It does everybody. Just, everybody like goes to the dump, right? <laughs> it's weird. Nobody talks about going to the dump. And the phrase "going to the dump," how that's just the that's the normal way to say what you're doing. We used to we went to the Healdsburg dump all the time, yard waste and other trash. Sure. And you literally just back a truck up to a giant pit of garbage and just throw your garbage in it. Hell yeah. <laughs> we've done that. A, we did that a lot.
1: I remember doing that as a kid. Just yeah.
0: throwing bags of garbage into a giant ground pit. Yeah. And there's birds out there, and it's. Now smells. it's more just
1: like a big garage kind yeah, of just that you just piled high garbage. The tractors will put it in the pit for you. But nobody's ever talking. <laughs> I never hear anybody talking about, oh, yeah, just going to the dump. Well, what's great is this dump in this movie clearly full. There's no pit. Yeah, man. Just flat dump just land.
0: Flat dump land, stacked high garbage. Yeah. It's just at the edge of town. Because at first he's running through a field, and then suddenly you're like, "Man, was there a party here the night before? Look like all these bottles." <laughs> then suddenly he's just running in garbage. Well, like Suzette lives next to the dump. Yeah, man. I thought, she, right. I thought she was. I thought she lived in a nice area. I thought These She's were a nice one people. One block away like a pool from the pool and everything. Dump. Yeah, it's a small town. The suburbs are not very big in this town. I guess. But yeah, nobody talks about the dump. This movie is like, we gotta shoot the finale in the dump with a trash compactor death.
1: And the trash bag. Well, I could also see it be like Lewis just being like, "Look, nobody's over by the dump. We can easily film there for a couple minutes."
0: <laughs> but that's the great thing is these John Waters movies where it's like, "Yeah, we're filming this movie in a trailer that's a mile into the woods in Baltimore because nobody will bother us making our movie." You know, mm-hmm. that's how you find. It. Yeah, nobody's filming at the dump. We can just go down there and you know run around with a knife down at the dump. <laughs> it's it's the best. It's great, but. So I, I love Blood Feast. I mm. thought it was awesome. I thought it was all you know, all the violence of Psycho, except we show it.
1: <laughs> I thought that
0: stuff. Man, it got to me. It was gross. I closed my eyes. I was squirming and laughing. And I think it's great. Anybody it's not seen Blood Feast. It's on It's on Tubi. It's around. Okay. It's yeah, cheap. Check it out. And it's it's a long sixty seven. It is. And you'll love it. And so we're gonna be back in a bit to talk about the second movie. Uh, which I'm warning you. I would go see Two Thousand Maniacs before hearing us talk about it, because mm. I love this movie, and I am going to be nothing but praising this film. Incredible movie. So we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> And Maniacs!
1: This is another one that delivers, go. man. If you thought one maniac running oh, around Miami was bad. Gosh. A whole town of them. This movie messed me up, man. This, this is, scared me. This is a scary movie. This
0: movie terrified me. Yeah. When I said before the break that I was going to spend this whole episode hyping this movie, I cannot stress enough how terrified I was during this movie. This is like the scarier version of The Hills Have Eyes. It hit me the same way Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. hits me, if not worse. It's an even better version of something great like Brotherhood of Satan. Mm. Just a scary. It's it was scarier than Midsummer
1: for me. Yes, this is yeah. This is all of that. Yeah, this is a yeah. What's crazy to me is that this movie came out like less than a year after Blood Feast. Right? Yeah, and it feels like 10 times Damn. more professional, I guess it that's is the word still, I keep you thinking You can tell it's
0: very cheap, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Blood Feast to this is a crazy leap. Because this, Super and not just for him, huge jump. a lot of the actors, that some many of
1: whom were in Blood Feast, yeah, are we, so much better. We see some familiar faces. Uh, Your boy yeah. William Kerwin. Yeah, as soon as Kirwin I... Kerwin and Mason. Oh, man. As soon as... Well, he, that's the thing. Okay, so as soon as I saw <laughs> William Kerwin show up as the hitchhiker... Uh, so, this movie is about a town in the deep south. Deep south, uh, baby. Full of those deep, deep south stereotypes uh, with confederate flags celebrating yeah. a centennial in 1965. <sighs> you do the math. And they lure six people in two different cars yeah. to their town to basically have their big centennial celebration and kill all these people. Yeah, that's, that's the plot. That's it. So, we see four people show up. Yankees show up in a car. They get diverted with the well. That's what ridiculous that's what, handmade detour <laughs> sign. This
0: movie starts with a a fun spirit where you know a movie like Tourist Trap that's doing the detours to get you to yeah yeah to to trick you. You know Motel Hell. Rory Calhoun's out there throwing down fake cardboard cutouts of exactly. animals to to trick people. Um and so. But you know, going into you know, it's it's just like that. It's just like Motel Hell. Mm-hmm. You're going to two thousand maniacs, and then you see a couple of crazy maniacs. One in a tree is the lookout, and the other on you know in a gas station cap like yes. Robert Fly, the
1: hillbilliest of hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: But and they're yeah, put up the cheapest detour sign in a road. Yeah, who
1: falls for that? I don't
0: know. Yeah. Hiding uh, a cave on the
1: side of a, a cliffside. All, all while the opening credits are the uh, Pleasant Valley Boys doing their Man. banjo picking. One's a picking and one's a grinning. Yeah, dude the 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 aesthetics and the vibe of this movie are, are already.
0: <sighs> I was scared right away. I, gotta I say a whole town of Confederate psychos. Even before we see much of scary. the town, I'm already just scared of the people living on the outskirts. You know the it's the same fear that. Hollywood, you know, it's a total Texas chainsaw, the the cannibal holocaust kind of thing, you know. But even on a level like straw dogs, Mm. this town where you're the outsider, that's really scary to me. Any small town with a secret is something that
1: I'm already like, I'm into this. But this small town, you know, they have a secret, but they play nice, like they they act friendly, they put on that kind of man. It's well, (laughs) they don't fool these people for very long, but uh, yeah. As soon as we then see though William Kerwin who we just saw as detective Pete. Yeah, man. The worst. Uh, <laughs> as our hitchhiker, I was like I audibly was like, "Oh no." Yeah. This guy again. This dude. And he's so, he's okay in this one, but I did not recognize Connie Mason she, as she the had, blonde. Yeah, woman you could in this tell one. they were if she was taking classes or something, something. She
0: had such a different
1: poise. She seemed like a totally different actor to She me. she was no had longer no idea a model her. acting. She now just felt like an actress? She's really good in this. Yeah. She's really like, good. All Like, that's what I mean. All the acting in this is, like, ten even, times even better. Even Kerwin, he, um... Yeah, he's much better in so, this, I, I He was the say. creepy
0: older brother to Dylan Baker in the other one. Sure. This one, it felt like he graduated up to the worst Robert Mitchum son. <laughs> <laughs> like... You know, there's all those kind of bad yeah, yeah, Robert yeah. Mitchum acting like Christopher Mitchum. I was does was bad to say, it's no longer Christopher movies. Mitchum. Yeah. Doing and then his like Filipino action movies. James Mitchum did did a couple of like cheap Bronsony okay. kind of movie. Like this is a, a, the other Mitchum. I could <laughs> like, see that. I could see this that. This is the cheapest of the Mitchum sons. Even then they're like, I don't know, Robert, we, we already helped you out a lot with Christopher.
1: And now, yeah, you, yeah. This
0: is the third one.
1: I, yeah, we can only hand out so many gigs, buddy. You know? Because it's because it is the '60s. I will say maybe it's more like if Robert Mitchum like molted and like this was the shell of mm. Robert Mitchum that we stayed were around. Like, we need a Mitchum type, <laughs> and it's like this guy's eyes sort of match. I don't know. Um, well, obviously, Herschel be- Gordon Lewis loves this guy because they work together.
0: Yeah. Well, he had a um, Kerwin had his own career doing the same. He wrote a bunch of pulpy sleazy garbage oh cool that uh you know the same that had the same kind of names as hg lewis movies and i and he wrote uh pornos hello yeah well and lewis too did nudie cuties and that kind of thing and the reason he did gore movies was because the nudes market was saturated right it's much easier to make a sex movie than make a horror movie you don't need to have blood and gore effects in most uh Mm -hmm. sex romps so, uh, you know, that's why guys like Lustig started in <laughs> right, right, right. making a couple of pornos, you know, that was profitable at the time and use that money to make your your next horror movie. And uh, so, yeah, William Kerwin wrote stuff like that, you know, six she's and a he. <laughs> Oh, really, like, trashy 60s stuff,
1: underground swinger stuff, you know? That's the stuff they don't teach you about in history class. Yeah. You know?
0: I didn't take, didn't learn about... Uh, blah, 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 Vietnam
1: War. Didn't about, nothing uh, about 60s Nothing smudge. about Adam losing his apple. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I wanted, to,
0: I wanted to hear about that. And they're all just so much better, though. And the acting, yeah. it films in this small town in Florida mm-hmm. in real life, but the town of Pleasant Valley, which... These young teens have been detoured into for their centennial. Man, I don't know if it's just because I've seen more movies now, but anytime I'm in the middle of like a really secluded area and they're celebrating something special and I'm the outsider, I would feel immediately uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. No matter the size of the town, I think it would be just weird.
1: Yeah. And it, all, it just makes me uncomfortable. Well, yeah, th- that isolation. Like, mm-hmm. suddenly you're like, wait a minute. I'm actually, like, 50 miles away from any, yeah. anything else. So this and now was... there's 2,000 people who, when you're, they're just driving down Main Street, and this group of hundreds and thousands of people just swarm <laughs> their thousand. car. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, a little more than uh, 1,500. Uh, yeah, they... <laughs> It's not like the, It's not like these people pull in and like kind of get into loving. the Yeah, town. go they into are, a bar and meet a couple
0: people. They no, they get surrounded swarmed.
1: and and basically forced into participating into this thing. And I was so there's scared. definitely that there's that sense of the yeah the victims going like well, this doesn't seem right but what else can you do yeah the, that's what's like, so scary to me and
0: why I kept I had to basically I was like curled up in my seat man just like staring at this movie couldn't look away because. If I drive into this small town, no idea where I'm at, and I'm suddenly surrounded by 200 people that are completely four or five people deep surrounding my car. What really could I do? Right. What is what is my option at that point? Right. Other than hope that I don't get my limbs ripped off in the worst way possible. You can hope for that. But I would if I found myself in that situation, I would be preparing for A bad death. That's why why I'm so scared of these movies.
1: It's that yeah, it's just that total like so it's that same thing you get in prison movies where you're just Mm -hmm. like, now I'm alone in a yard with twenty dudes giving me the eye or what you know, that that scenario. This this
0: is so scary. This is more
1: scary than Midsummer. Midsummer. Is, those people wanted to go to see. That's the thing. This movie is not like these people answered an ad or anything.
0: These people hadn't done anything wrong. They just which is right. which is a troubling thing when a horror. You know, they're they just some make the big movie. And they deserved it, but these people just drove. Right. This, they were young and beautiful and just happened to be driving at the wrong time. Some
1: reason down. Yeah, we never really find out why those four people are in a car together. Worst worst trip of their life. But uh, yeah, last trip of their life.
0: <laughs> and but yeah, these people, you know, the whole point of Midsummer was these people kind of disrespecting the the no matter how weird or archaic traditions of a different society, uh, whether intentionally disrespecting or not, these people were eventually chosen by you know right. these people were just like driving by when the, uh, <laughs> with terrible luck the hundredth uh. year. Oh, Taking this trip a day earlier, that, so that already bothers me. But this mayor of the town, when we talk about the great acting that was in this movie, the mayor was this huge, boisterous, like M. Emmett Walsh kind of yeah. loud southern man that commanded a screen like few actors I've seen. This guy was incredible. Jeffrey Allen. Jeffrey Allen? Good, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I did yeah. Not, I did not look that up. I, yeah, yeah. Mayor he, he, Buckman.
1: He was in a few uh Gordon Lewis movies throughout the years. But yeah. not but not really outside of that. Uh he's only got six credits. Most I mean, most people that I looked up on here, because I was
0: also floored I was floored by so many people in this movie. I was but, very
1: surprised how little other yeah, other jobs that these actors had, had. Yeah. Right. The the girl Betsy, who I
0: think had incredible screen presence. Uh,
1: she was one of the southern. She was the people. main
0: girl in basically wearing her little midsummer dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like the Rita Moreno of the town, but with like the crazy hammer cleavage, <laughs> and just this great expression, like this great expression on her face, and a great way of interacting with people. Really knew how to play the the tease who is like also going to murder you. Right, right, right. Total, total no- non career. Like a couple things, right? It's crazy, but yeah. When they introduce her as one of the ladies that would, you know, just like in Midsummer, one of the ladies that'll be wooing this man into sin. And uh, even though this movie never had a that puritanical approach that the other, you disrespect her about, no, they always just like, no, you're our guest and we're going to barbecue you. Yeah, we find out they that- They didn't disrespect their tradition at all, but-, we, but we, Yeah, go ahead. Betsy, like- She was standing in the... Once she became the non-focal point of her introduction scene, I remember leaning over to you and was like, how are they not just focusing on her? Mm. Like, who cares about this other dweeb in the striped shirt? (laughs) Like... Let's see Let's see more of what Betsy's up to. <laughs> like, like, people should be asking more questions like, where's Betsy? Where's Betsy? What's Betsy doing right now? I hope we see Betsy soon. That was what I was getting from that girl. But the mayor, too, then make, come back to Mayor Buckman and be like, damn, every Mayor Buckman scene is really great. This guy is downright evil. I was
1: feeling that about Harper,
0: too. And Harper, too. Oh, Harper man. was like... Um, like when Bo
1: Hopkins started getting fat in the yes. 90s? Yes, I was just going to say, yeah, very much like... I was like, I've seen this guy before, haven't I? And yeah. then I was like, no, I think I'm just thinking of, yeah, Bo Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, once Bo Hopkins just like plumped up in the night, But this guy was
0: like when Bo Hopkins... The same age as when Hopkins was like in shape. Uh-huh. Like this guy was just kind of fat and had a rope belt. Oh, man. The, the These best, hillbillies. One of the best acting tricks that happens in this movie and this is kind of this weird thing like in when a movie nails this i love it so much and it happens the most with david lynch Hmm. when the acting is goes from bad to really good and you notice it kind of midway through how good the acting just got like there's silly scenes in blue velvet like oh yeah why are there people like frank right right And then when the acting gets good and means it in Blue Velvet, it is like a Mm wake-up. Or in Mulholland Drive when Naomi Watts is reading the bad script and then later when she's acting the script, it's like you don't even realize at first that it's the same thing you heard earlier. It's so Mm -hmm. good now. Everybody in this movie gets at least one turn like that. If they were acting like a big loudmouth bumpkin before, they get this quiet devious scene. The silly, excitable gas station guy that was frantically Don Knotts running out to put a detour (laughs) sign in the road, later gets this almost James Bond like, oh, yes, well, actually, the plan was to. Like, he has his (laughs) arm leaning on a signpost, and suddenly it's like, oh, this is professional. (laughs) This is a a thing that's happened before. Like, they are good at their acting, and that layer added such a deeper scare to me where you can see the deviousness and the the serious actual good acting. And that added to the terror, all the people that the best you could do leading up to these unavoidable, horrible deaths that the movie then goes into. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. The, the most you could movie. do is just like, no, no, I don't uh, I don't want to do this. But you're surrounded by maniacs. Yeah. 2,000 of them. 2,000 spread out At among them, just six people, <laughs> all of whom have relationships that I don't understand. <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't care for about our characters is everybody was adamant that they didn't really know anyone. They're all here together, in these cars, and they're like, well, actually, this guy was a hitchhiker I picked up, and the two people that you assume are couples both seem to really... It- Talk well, about yeah. nailing a horror trope early. The couples that seemed like did these people like each other, or were they forced to take this road trip together? Yeah, it's totally it's the total Evil
1: Dead thing of just like, are they friends? Well, the backseat uh, married couple seems like they have a pretty open relationship. Yeah, I, uh, they had to be in other uh, <laughs> other of his swinger movies. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the, playing nude volleyball on
0: the y- beach yeah. You or never something. find out
1: where they're going, but yeah, they're they're very happy to split up and uh, flirt and make out. They with make the a other. point of it. Yeah. But
0: what a <laughs> point. what an incredible collection of babes in this movie! Mm. The girl with the with the blonde bouffant and the red lipstick oh my god she looks like a cool graphic novel girl. totally. Yeah, Bet- Betsy is iconic, like one of the greatest smurfettes <laughs> in movies. You know, every other every other woman in there was like a. A uh, uh, older sallow-faced, you know, Depression-era sunken cheeks, uh, hard-living Southerner, and then Betsy is just like, Whew, where did, where did she get here? The perfect farmer's daughter kind of character, but they even have the she had the same kind of dress as the Midsummer people. It's mm-hmm. crazy. So it had that same vibe of being sexually driven, like Midsummer turned into. Except this felt even more lurid with without a room full of humping, uh, old ladies, like Midsummer gave us. Yeah. Somehow this felt more shocking. But you look at this; we got a big old boulder scene. We get. Oh man. The, we get a quartering. We get well, so much uh, stuff that yeah, Midsummer
1: only, is just lifting. Not only, yeah, is the acting much better. There's an actual like story with yeah. different kinds of scenes. And the story is scenes. great. Like in in Blood Feast, like I said, the one kind of thing was just... It's just three different scenes repeating over and over Mm -hmm. for an hour. This one actually has a front and back This has a genuine build. It has a path that... And it it is a good build. Yeah, I like the build. I like the various situations that they all find themselves in. When when they surround these people and tell them that they're the guests of honor, you know, can you...
0: I, I mean, I would be immediately uncomfortable, but... You hear about, you know, the South's hospitality or the niceness of some areas. And so, uh, I mean, now, how crazy is it that almost 60 years later, there's still the opportunity of you driving into a town that's filled with Confederate
1: flags (laughs) and these kind of obsessives. It's gotten worse in the last,
0: like, this is 55 years later. I was going
1: to say, in in this day and age, that whole town of Confederate flags would be the biggest red flag you could ever imagine driving into, for mm-hmm. me personally. Oh, yeah. Not something I need to be I mean, we're anywhere su- near.
0: If but. I went to a town anywhere other than 4th of July, and every place had American flags outside <laughs> of their business, that would already seem also incredibly be sure, weird. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I would not stop there. Uh, but Confederate flags on every business and every person is waving them. That'd be an immediate like drive, 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 drive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't stop, don't stop. They're they're surrounding yeah, the car. Keep, keep going, going. Go. drive, 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 drive. Push going.
0: it, push it now. Like I would, I would. If that same situation now, I would immediately
1: go into flight mode.
0: Oh, sure, I would. I would probably run over three people. I think that's what in this town. yeah. This like, movie
1: is effective in in putting you in that flight mode. So the yeah, whole the time, the second they you're stopped like, yeah. that
0: car, it was an immediate just like for the next hour fifteen minutes, it was this feeling of things just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, there's so many movie that rip this same formula off, and I've hardly ever seen one as effective. Even shit now, like Eli Roth that. Uh, His cannibal Holocaust one, Mm. Green Inferno, it's the same thing. They get caught by this, you know, remote tribe that you don't know what they're gonna happen. You just know it's probably gonna be bad, and then a bunch of them die in increasingly worse ways, one by one. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of formula, and it's gross. There's awful stuff. There's also a tongue removing in this one, just like in Blood Feast. But I watched the ones in Green Inferno. They're gross. But it was, it didn't have that same touch. Yeah. this movie shook me far more than something like that it felt more
1: personal, it felt more real. Well, each kill is so unique in its own way. Yeah, and they do really build where you it were really. Yeah, it, it gives you that moment of like realizing what's about to happen, and then just being like, oh god, like yeah, they they draw and quarter a guy medieval shit. Yeah, man. With the four the horses.
0: That is a crazy scene. And it's that all is... filmed out in that real time of these people that are unable to, to do anything yeah. to help themselves. What would you do
1: other than what? Kick your legs a bit. Well, they also got that guy dead drunk first. Yeah. yeah he wasn't, he Betsy, was in no man, shape.
0: Man, I would,
1: so effective. I would fall into
0: that trap so easy. I'd be
1: such a sap. Oh yeah. Betsy talks nice to me. Ugh. Well, and it's then all yeah, all over. And then yeah, exactly. But, by the time we'll that drawn and quartered. By the time the people really do know they're in danger, yeah. it's too late. Like they the t- are surrounded. when they stopped their car, it was too late. From yeah. there on, they had no chance. Right the the ones the this once is, the
0: car was stopped, most of
1: them were gonna die. The one That's kill cra- that I, really got me, I think this is one of the craziest kills. On, I've I was ever, genuinely I was genuinely bothered by every kill in this movie. The the barrel roll to yeah, me man. was like, I didn't know exactly what was gonna happen, and mm-hmm. then. They force a guy into a barrel uh, sideways, like they're yeah, going to roll him down lay, a hill. Yeah, trick him into getting in a barrel. And uh, they don't even, yeah, it's just like, what else? Yeah, they're just like, get in the fucking barrel. Yeah. Like by the end of it, it they're it, just like, you are you surrounded. Get in the you're surrounded
0: by literally 100 people. And they say, oh, and the next ceremony is going to be uh, the barrel roll. You get in the barrel. You get in the barrel. And what? what could you do? The yeah. best you could do is like, well, maybe I can break away from this guy and run down a hill. And he
1: goes, he, the guy goes, uh, ah, do I have to? Uh, I got a, kind of a stiff knee. Yeah, <laughs> I got a bad. I don't really want to crawl.
0: Still try to talk. That's his like way out really of it. the. Be- that's all you can do is uh, is be polite and hope right. and try not to like. Yeah, maybe if I'm. Just respectful of their traditions. This is all. Maybe I'm overreacting
1: here. Maybe exactly. uh, this well, is. Do this I have This feels to? weird, but I'll try to get out of this. And you then, know, yeah, they get them in the barrel, and then they start nailing nails into the barrel so that the sharp ends are yeah in the so you barrel. You call this spike barrel. And yeah, as soon as that happened, I was just like, "Oh fuck! Oh no! Yeah! Oh jeez!" And they roll them. It's crazy, and uh, just like that, Herschel Gordon Lewis, bright red blood all over the body. There was this movie that came out crazy
0: same time. It was sixty three, sixty four, called "The Naked Prey."
1: Mm. I've and heard that name. Maybe. Yeah,
0: I think it, I think it was hey. a Criterion okay. release. It's but maybe but like an early Criterion release. So P R E Y, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this... It's a yeah. Uh, yeah, uh It's a Cornell Wilde movie who was a, was a big 30s and 40s actor who then kind of did, some people thought it was drive-in fare mm. in his 60s because they were much more like some sort of sorcery. and But he did a lot of great stuff with the genres. And The Naked Prey was one of those stories of him being an explorer and then his his uh group gets captured by natives and he oh, okay. escapes and then the whole movie is basically him being hunted and chased in this saharan or wherever it was set by natives and it's 1963 and i remember seeing it on turner classic movies and it was it it hit me and shook me so bad his, his group gets captured by these natives you know one of them is uh Covered in clay and then roasted in a spit roast over the fire. The wow. other's like trapped in a pen with a cobra and all these crude arc and they're all like standing around like cheering for it. That stuff scares me. Yeah. That stuff scares me. And this is no different. This is, you know, that was an exotic tribe that had never been discovered. And then the whole movie's, it's got animal violence. Cornel Wilde, you know, is a, oh yeah. He like kills an animal to use it for shelter and food. And, So, there's stuff like that and some animal violence stock footage. So, that's always unsettling to Mm. me, too. But it was a scary movie, a survivalist horror, just made in the early 60s. Uh, Don Draper's wife, Betty, she criticized some shitty Cornell Wilde movie in Mad Men. I remember something like, oh, what, going to go see another Cornell (laughs) Wilde trash? Like, there's something like that. And... And so that was not as trashy as this, but this has that same effective, like this small town with their own rituals, shut off from main society. You don't know, just the shots of faces in this movie. Mm -hmm. While people that were watching carnage happen, and I mentioned people getting a good scene after being like, oh, we're just a Southern boy. The one lookout guy who gets to convince the town to not chicken out of yeah. their rituals. Rufus. That was not something I was expecting. Yeah, there's a People scene- People getting squeamish in the town.
1: Right, there's that scene after they draw and quarter the guy where you can see the town members are like, yeesh, we, uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, this the buildup- This is a bit more than I expected. To and quartering a
0: man. Yeah. Way more exciting before you see a dude ripped apart by horses. <laughs> yeah. Which is something so horrible that my brain can't even picture- <laughs> how it tears i have no idea what horse gets what parts <laughs> right does like one horse like one does arm One, one horse probably just gets like a trunk? wrist and then one horse is dragging like a leg and the whole torso maybe right, right, right. like it's a wishbone but with a live man <laughs> and so it's so horrible i can't, i have no idea how the split would even work right and there's a bunch of townspeople that are all just like Oh, so that's how it Ooh, that's yeah. how it does it. That's that's And Rufus has to be like, Hey, this is the centennial people. This is right. the real show. Yeah. This is the shit.
1: There's a great line where he's just like, you know what happens to people who don't, you know, see this through or whatever. Like yeah. just that very clear, I love the like,
0: hints at the town's history. Yeah. Much much more interesting than the way looser, unexplored hints into the town in midsummer. We get a lot a lot more uh, nuanced Pleasant Valley lore, a little peaks behind the curtain in unexpected ways, whereas Midsummer's is more kind of purposely confusing and kind of also wanted to show some shocking shit in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways. I think this is more effective than it. The deaths get... Everybody's so helpless, which just adds to the fear. And they just keep building in the grossest ways. One woman gets her arm chopped off, and yeah. the way everybody in that scene, the t- way the tone goes from this joyous, friendly vibe to a crazed, like panting, kind of lustful tone, is so scary and so sudden, and so kind of sudden but gradual <laughs> too mm-hmm. that you you kind of notice when it happens, but it grows and you notice it more. And those are the kind of scares that are the worst, where you gradually, you know, uh, gradually recognizing the, that she's hypnotizing him and get out. Mm. Once your brain locks on the fact that, hey, I've been hearing that spoon scrape for 30 <laughs> seconds now, you know, when you realize it's a thing. And every character in this movie has their moment when they realize it's a thing and it's. Every
1: one of them scared the shit out of
0: me. Yeah. I was
1: terrified this whole movie. The Yankee visitors start really going like, they're not telling us what this is all about. They keep separating us. Yeah, what is this centennial? And yeah, They find
0: a rock with a very uh, bad sounding memorial explanation. A real town of rapists and
1: pillagers from the north that took over this place. Just wiped out. Yeah, the idea was that this town was wiped out 100 years ago by... Union soldiers. So this yeah. is their, you know, revenge. I don't know why it's only six people they need, but that's the magic. Yeah, they number. don't explain. They
0: were really well. See, they were
1: pumped with four people, but when it yeah. became six, it was like a hot dog. Right. We well, did it. Then he's yeah. Then he's like, well, we don't need any more. You can take down those stupid. Detour yeah, time signs. to get the
0: dumb detour sign that we've had a hundred years to make look better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the more they separate these people, and the the more that we've seen what's happened, and they are still like. It's the same thing in midsummer, where, like, really? They just left in the middle of the night? Right. That's weird.
1: Huh. They didn't seem like they were going to be leaving, so why would they drive right. out of here at so 2 a.m.? So me and my friend came to another country together, and then they just decided to leave and me in that bounced? country? They just bounced? Huh. Weird. All right. All right. Well, I guess I'll just take the next bus. So what uh, What else yeah, you guys doing today? Yeah, what picnic kind of thing <laughs> we got going on?
0: So the, the moments in here, oh... <laughs> What a great line when the one girl still having, not wanting to offend anyone, that the weirdness is happening, says like, well, you know, I don't want to miss the barbecue. I hope everything's all right. And then the guy, it's almost a Burton Gilliam kind of, oh, she don't want to miss the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, That's the one thing that I love. They're like, they went back to multiple times when the townsfolk were talking about monks themselves. And it's always something like, they think that they're somehow not guns to be eaten <laughs> at this barbecue. Like, they're almost amazed at the ones that aren't catching on yet.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: they somehow think that they're going to leave. <laughs> like,
1: well, they couldn't make it more obvious when Rufus and, uh, and the other guy are, like, doing the throat-slitting motion, like, next to the car as, as the people arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like guys. Some guys really can't play it cool. Play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> Others are way
0: better at like putting on the mask and, uh, but yeah, the arm chopped off was gross. That poor girl. That was Cause hardcore. she gets her fingers cut off first. Like in yeah. the way that the way the horror just keeps building for when you're going from being a polite person to, you know, imagine if anybody on the street came up to you and was just like, Hey man, you have a cigarette? Oh no, I don't. And they just kept, getting on you and keep asking and then kept trying and then tried to touch you and then tried like you know at what point do you stop being the guy that's going like okay all right right like from being like no man sorry I can't help you oh sorry can't and I think, they're all I think tra- when he cuts
1: my thumb off that's yeah I, once they do, <laughs> that's but, the but then point.
0: once these people are too polite and so they miss their one window for when it's too far and the window is always very small for all of them anyway mm-hmm. but it's always politing their way to a it's not as bad this isn't as bad as it is because we do that. We're trained to think situations are not as bad as they really are. Sometimes your instinct <laughs> is the one to really hammer on. Yeah. And all these people, when the arm gets cut off and they're breathing over her and the drunk guy gets tied to the horses and then realizes he's oh, just these awful, awful deaths. But the rock
1: crushing, that mm. one was scary. Yeah, that, that one was one like psychological me. torture first, before the crush. They kept the
0: dragging it out so long, and it's it's a horrifying version of the comedy that was played up with Ramsey's final mm, sacrifice in totally. Blood Feast. Whereas that one was funny and meant to be funny. This one was just stretching out what was the only thing that could have happened. We all knew that this woman was getting flattened by this huge boulder. Mm-hmm. It's almost set up in this like circus expedition. It's, this- it's
1: set up like a uh, dunk tank, yeah. essentially. They they have to throw something at the target to dunk <laughs> the rock on the woman. Yeah, who's laid out on a splattering platter. And they even call it teetering rock or something. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's this is teetering rock. Yeah. Weird weird carnival game, guys, but okay. And so it's got this great
0: surreal element that this weird cult of a town also built this large contraption to just drop a boulder on a right. on a victim. And that's that, no that shit weirds me out too, you know, that always gets to me. And god, once you get Kerwin and uh, and Connie Mason who were married at this point. If they if their chemistry seemed even better in this movie. They met on Blood Feast. When he was, uh, preying on her in a car, <laughs> and uh, forcefully, yeah, when he was forced himself whatever. on this high school girl in a car, and uh, they were married by, by two thousand maniacs. That's crazy. That's my kind of like Francis McDormand and Ethan Cohen. That is a yeah. These two making these drive-in
1: horror movies together. That is a love story right there. Yeah, they totally. were married
0: for twenty-five years. Till he, was,
1: he, Till he passed. He was ten years older than her. Okay, not not terrible. Not crazy. Oh, terrible, yeah. But <laughs> you know, twenty five years—that's real. But it's crazy like, because of blood feast. It's just—it's so crazy to me the timelines. Because when I was watching this movie, and they're making this thing about the Civil War only being a hundred years ago, yeah, I was like, that's not that long ago. No, and then we were born like 120, 125 yeah. years after the Civil War. Like, yeah, that's we not are not that, that far long after. ago. No, that's I always, and, but it feels like watching this movie. This feels so long ago yeah and and yeah William well, Kerwin died in 1989 like that feels like forever <laughs> so it's just this kind of weird like things feel so long ago in the past but, but not you realize, that far you realize some people we haven't been there that long some people are still living back then in that so, time you know so I always
0: think of it you know when I think of these movies in terms of my parents my dad would have having to see this when it was 13. Mm-hmm. how crazy that would have been there's no way he's seen this but he, would, he could have had the chance to see it. But also, my dad was a kid when there was, you know, different drinking fountains. Right. You know, so my dad's not that old of a guy, 70, and he was a teenager during segregation. Absolutely. So it's not that long ago. So a movie like this made in 64, a town filled with nothing but Confederate lunatics, much more believable. But even now it still feels like it's, a possibility.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what's so because these people would have become more and more uh, yeah. drawn in. I was gonna say earlier that something like the Naked Prey or the Green Inferno—you got to go to some distant land. Yeah, to you gotta have go this seeking experience.
0: this potential
1: danger. This could be two states over. This could be you're taking a road trip to Atlanta and you get stopped along the way. Like I stopped in a gas station in rural South Oregon once on the mm. way to Portland from yeah. here. Because I had missed the, the, you know, the gas in Medford or whatever, mm-hmm. and it, there's it was, like, it, like
0: thirty it, gas stations in. Medford. I know, I know. The well, whole town, uh, you know, you know, the me, whole town
1: strip mall restaurants. Like twenty, I'm like twenty like two. Like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we and then got I'll, this. <laughs> like a quarter tank through Medford. Yeah, we're fine. And then I pulled it's off. It's all hill driving, and it was like literally called like Wolf Creek or some shit. <laughs> I was like, wait no. a minute, that sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> oh,
0: that's. And then trust
1: your instincts. It's just this these woods and nothing around except this gas station and a bunch of like shirtless dudes just looking at you. And it's like we fill fill up the gas tank. We're not stopping for bathroom breaks. Uh-huh. Like everyone look, we are not we're, lingering. We're staying in eyesight of each other. Bad vibes. Yeah. So this, you know, you don't have to go to uh the rainforest Man, to feel that feeling. Me and my dad go into a Giants game years ago. Mm. We went
0: because he didn't tell me there was an El Cerrito BART station. We went to the Richmond BART station. And we're leaving the Richmond BART station. For those of you not from the Bay Area, Richmond is a Bay Area city that has some rundown uh, industrial neighborhoods. Right. And some scary parts of town. And the BART station is right in the middle of that part of town. <laughs> and we get to the, uh, the way out, the exit. And there was a cardboard detour side oh that said, God. use stairs. And we got into this narrow stairwell going up. And the when we were three steps up, four people came into view at the top of the stairs. And I immediately was like, this is it. I Holy fell for the shit. Bugs Bunny Cave. Wow. We got to the top of the stairs and kept walking. Nobody said a thing. We got to our car, and in the car, I was just like,
1: drive, drive, get, the, fu- get what, the fuck out of Richmond. Right. Do you think it was like those guys were like, we can't kill these white people? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I thought I was going to die, though. You got lucky. I
0: genuinely Maybe. thought. I was. I thought I was eight stairs from death. That's crazy. And I
1: was too, you know, it was. Guys, never trust the cardboard Never trust a, a written sign. If it's official, it will be on some yeah. sort of Do official looking, looking laminate. Do not trust written signs. Yeah. Don't believe them.
0: What's the word? What? All right. Best case scenario, you live. Worst case scenario, you do not fall for the oldest trick in the book. Right. Enter here. M- misspelling, bad arrow. Nope. Wow. Needs to be at least printed out onto something. If a guy has a printer,
1: that's like <laughs> at least a... a step
0: That is something. Yeah. He has to have a place to access a printer.
1: That's important. Hand-drawn on wood. Don't acknowledge. You can keep going. Yeah, you don't can acknowledge keep going. ever in your life. That elevator works, baby. <laughs> if I come
0: to a hand drawn detour sign and I'm in a car, I'm gonna see how hard I can hit that fucking <laughs> sign as I exactly as I speed up. You're a hero. There's no chance I am ever stopping for a hand detour sign. Zero. Yeah, those can fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. Never happening. <laughs> and oh God, I was so terrified of this movie. That's crazy. This movie's ninety minutes long. I was scared every segment scared during we get uh uh the big connie mason uh kerwin <laughs> william kerwin escape and the oh, escape yeah. is really good too you Great know they they're starting to pick pick off the the town folk one by one
1: yeah but they then, yeah those two know something's up so they're they're yeah, they know they got to get out of town. They got to find the car. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a great buildup. Yeah, that's great what I mean. Great like, build. to all, all, Such a great use of, of, of the time. This thing actually has like these set pieces that build into other pieces mm-hmm. so that, yeah, that you have this kind of thrilling conclusion, whereas Blood Feast just has Ramsey's like, Ugh, He's just and killing running killing and leaving evidence everywhere. That, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. this so, one, yeah, so I love much more them bribing a, a town boy. I love this them. Kid. There's, it's always a potential great moment when the outsider is doing whatever they can to communicate on any level to get the attention of of one of the insiders. Mm-hmm. You know, bribing them, like, what ways can we connect? Candy? Do even Pleasant right. Valley kids like candy? This is basically the Pirates of the Caribbean
1: uh-huh. trying You're to trying get, to the get dog that key, with man. The bone. Yeah. He is trying to get the car keys and trying to like do his best to convince. The, oh, man. Like, William Kerwin talking with little Billy or whatever. Billy. Billy the, the, was a great find y'all, for y'all a kid. Yankees. Yeah. Man, great kid find who um, probably
0: did no other movies. But when exactly. they're sneaking around trying to... And we get all these deeper looks into the townsfolk. Every close-up on these faces as these killings are happening to these, you know... I love the idea that they're just shooting the facial reactions of these townsfolk who were not present for the thing that was actually... The murders or anything. Mm-hmm. So we get these great, real, authentic faces. And just the scares are really genuine throughout. The intensity. The intensity and the build is so just leaving a pit in my stomach when Rufus has to talk the town into continuing through with their ritual and inspires them by singing a a rousing rendition of Dixie Mm -hmm. way down south in Dixie. Oh, man. The Pleasant Valley Boys soundtrack for something that was so adored in oh brother where out there. <laughs> yeah, right. I am realizing now is an entirely context dependent form of music on whether I'll enjoy it or not. I love oh brother where out there. And I love the music in this one. If I just heard it on a record, they're like, "Man, I'm loving these Pleasant Valley boys. They had a weird sense of harmony." It's really good traditional great southern bluegrassy bluegrass. kind of pickin' folk. Yeah. And really well done and good gig being the only band in town. Uh-huh. No competition from any other Pleasant Valley bands. Right. That's a nice gig. You get to just be the entertainment at all the killings. I would have liked to have seen the
1: Pleasant Valley girls. I know. Well, Join the Pleasant was, Valley that boys. That was like Betsy and all these yeah, other yeah, yeah. knockouts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, but the,
0: in this context, it's some of the scariest music <laughs> ever. Ominous. Yeah, right. And seeing a whole town of people dead-eyed sing way down south in Dixie after a man's been quartered. ugh. That was haunting. Any, the only haunting music trick movies nowadays know how to do is like, take a kid's, a a normal song and have a kid sing it creepily. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. This is just guys singing traditional uh, Tennessee bluegrass. And it's the scariest music known to man. It's horrifying. I thought this movie was incredible. It, it, it is a better done version of all these other strangers going into the wrong town movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I love it as much as something like Texas Chainsaw. I love it more than Hills Have Eyes or Midsummer. And these are all movies I think are very great in their own right. I was blown away by 2000 maniacs. It was really like 200 maniacs. But if anything, this taught me that 200 maniacs, insurmountable number of maniacs. That's a lot of maniacs. Too many maniacs for me to handle. (laughs) 200 maniacs is scary. Plenty, right? Maniacs scare people. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This movie scared me. I was scared. This was as scary as any of the scariest modern horror movies I've seen. And uh, it does not... I don't think The Room was reacting to it like trash.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, there uh, there was definitely a... Like you, like we said with Blood Feast, this was a a crowd that was reacting well, laughing at the f- stuff that was funny, yeah, uh, but not heckling or riffing on the movie. Nobody's at all. trying to riff; they were given. Thank, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. because I like enjoying a movie and laughing, I lost my shit when uh, William Kerwin, while they're oh, trying to bribe baby. Billy, yeah. so they they're trying to find the car. Oh, this is great. They're trying to find the car. They find Billy. He's like, "Billy, there's candy in our car, but we don't know where the car is. Can you help us find the car?" Billy's like, "Yeah, all right, Yankees, let's go." They find the car. They don't know where the keys are. They're like, "Billy, we have the the candy's in the trunk. <laughs> where you, do you know where the keys are?" "Yeah, they're in the office. I'll you know, go get them." "Yeah." And as Billy goes to get the keys, William Curwin just goes. And I really hope Billy finds those keys <laughs> <laughs> as they're being hunted yeah. by an entire town the of. Town's maniacs. looking for him. Just turns to Connie Mason like, "I hope that kid finds those keys. I, mean, huh? I, I would I, like, almost, I almost had to like excuse myself. I started laughing so man. hard. <laughs> if, it, it if you and I were in a, a small town auto garage and hear the <laughs>
0: rabble of an approaching mob, in the distance, knowing they're getting closer. And you're saying everything. So you got a younger brother, man. You yeah. know like those times where you would be like kind of fighting, but you were keeping it secret from mom. And then you took it too far and your brother starts crying. And right, you start right. saying any words that you can to get him to stop crying so you're like oh no no poop, poop i'll give you candy i'll give you candy and, yeah. <laughs> and then just so he's like, and he's doing like uh, 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 and you're like no 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 like just waiting for your mom to hear he's basically doing that kind of arguing with billy right just Which like all great. right uh what else do you like do you like yeah no there's bags of it bags of candy you want to drive you need to drive a car i'll oh, yeah. let you drive I'll my you car drive. you can drive my cadillac but you got to get the keys man side note i am not much of a car guy how cool these are 1963 nice 64 automobiles, man? Yeah. These Oldsmobiles and Cadillacs that take up fucking eight parking spaces in these
1: I'm pretty sure they used the same convertible Oh, in it's this blood same feast car. and yeah. this movie. Uh, yeah, the same white boat a of white, a convertible. It's, it's a great Cadillac. And uh, yeah, the red car that they had was also a, a nice convertible. Oh but, yeah. Man, but just, dude, him just the just the moment of him just being like you're like, no shit. You hope that kid yeah. finds his keys. Well, I mean, you
0: and let's you and like, I are in really? this town. We're in this auto garage. We are de- we are we are thirty seconds tops from death. Right. We can hear them yelling. And that kid runs off to his keys. I'd like to think that one of us would have the presence of mind to go like, boy, if those keys don't get here quick, we are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Really putting <laughs> like, all our eggs in this like, keys basket. We literally there. have no other option than to hope those keys get back here and quick. Yeah, so, I don't have a plan B. I really hope Billy the finds The only those plan keys. is Billy coming back soon <laughs> with those keys and then us taking the keys from them. That's it. That's uh, it, buddy. I hope Billy finds those keys. There's nothing we can do to prevent <laughs> Are mobbing at this point unless we get those
1: keys. So so funny. I kind of get it. There's just there's just this way that Kerwin has of just being like, and in Blood Feast, it was all like, yeah, we're just dealing with a homicidal maniac here. Like he is just just the facts. Yeah, Joe he's, Friday. Well,
0: it's like how's the case going? And Pete and he's like, well, you know, um, we don't have a lot of clues actually. So <laughs> I'm just kind of hoping that we run into some clues. They're just hoping for evidence. Like I said, this right. guy is basically like. Walking but, down a street, hoping he hears something that about that these same killings. Like, man, I really hope
1: Billy finds those keys.
0: Yeah, he really is a, a matter-of-fact guy. Yeah, he had a great career though. Good for him. Good for him. This was earlier, but this guy was somebody that would show up in, you know, episodes of Hunter or The Equalizer or Murder She Wrote. So he, it's and so it's kind of funny watching him do this trash with, it, with his lovely young wife, mm-hmm. and it scared the hell out of me, man. All of this was scary. The scary southern soundtrack, the uh I kept waiting. I, I don't I don't trust it and I kept waiting for the turn and the whole time I'm I'm so scared that I keep waiting for ways the movie's going to prank me. Yeah. And I keep waiting for they go and tell a police officer. Here's the thing, man.
1: Yeah, they finally get out of if the I town. If I drive
0: out of town, and, oh, God, the if, drive out, being chased. We got chased by a mob of dudes hanging off a truck. Oh, big That's time. That's scary. As a, God, imagine that in your rear view. I never want to be in a rear view where guys are on the, the
1: side wells mm-hmm. just shaking a fist. Like, nope, nope, yeah. floor it. But if if in the deep south an entire town has just tried to kill me, I don't stop at the sheriff's uh-uh. in in county. Nope. I'm going very far even, away before even, what, I'm even doing anything. It was like anything. 20
0: miles away. Once he's like, he was like. How do you, how come you've never heard of Pleasant Valley? It's only 20 miles from here. And I'm like, 20 miles? 200 miles. And then they go, I would not be, uh, they go back. Like, again, I'm of, putting some distance between me. Why is somebody stopping 20 miles? Yeah, what are they yeah. going to do? Stop at a diner? Exactly. 20 miles? No. Drive. Keep going. Find keep a, going. Find an FBI
1: building the or something. The one
0: thing I was really happy, talking about things delivering, while they're driving away and they're finally putting the, the, Beat down bus in their rear view. I'm like, man, when are they gonna toss Billy the fuck out of this ride? Like, how long are they taking Billy out of town? Yeah, man? yeah. I want. I was so hoping for a scene where they just threw him
1: out of a moving car. Just like, well, Billy, uh, there's no candy. I think, it, yeah, I kind of, yeah, as really wanted Billy to. It's eat not it. gonna sound good when I say, but man, <laughs> I wanted Billy to come back and give him the keys, and he just. Dicks, yeah, and just lays them out, <laughs> yeah. and they drive off. Like, I just wanted that, yeah, but yeah, they eventually kick Billy out of the car. But yeah, I don't stop at the county sheriff. Nope. when an entire town has tried to kill me, like obviously the sheriff's going to be in. You on. know, he, you know, that's honestly, not the twist. In the, there is a cool twist in this movie. It's not the sheriff's evil, but yeah, and then I certainly don't go back to the town to no, show man. the sheriff. Yeah, here's the thing. If, I'm stopped, if
0: I have to stop 20 miles outside of a town where I know for a fact four people were murdered in terrible ways and I narrowly escaped, I'm certainly not going to a police station. I'm not going to tell the cops about this ever. Hmm. There's no chance I would tell this to not any authorities because I'm not going to risk having to ever be taken back there. What's the best thing that can happen to me, right? If I'm forced to go back to Pleasant Valley, to well, my, like, what am I gonna do?
1: Identify two thousand people? I was gonna say you're gonna you're gonna testify against two thousand people who are gonna yeah. say this did not happen. Eric versus Pleasant Valley? <laughs> nope. You're not winning that case.
0: What am I gonna do? Oh, we're gonna stay in the same hotel during the hearing. Fuck no. <laughs> no authority figure is going to hear a peep Get the from fuck me. Yeah. Here. No authority figure is going to hear me say a peep about Pleasant Valley. That secret is going to haunt me to my, to my wow. fucking grave. Well, I mean, really.
1: I you, mean, how I,
0: unhelpful has any <laughs> every cop has been well, the Well, this least cop does not help ever.
1: them at the yeah. end. Yeah, that's true.
0: They're not going to do anything. What's the best-case scenario of going to a cop about this? You'd get blamed for the murders at best. Isn't that a terrible idea? You just drive, man. Mm-hmm. Vacation over. Go home. Learn to move on with the things that you witness. There you go. It is awful. You don't need to bring cops into the mix. No. God. Just have nightmares for the rest of your you're life. You're <laughs> just you're already gonna be dealing with this. You don't need to be hassled, and made to look like an idiot. Oh, uh, so you said the town was right here, huh? Uh, but I swear. So now you, now, now only do you have this trauma. Now you have to be uh, sure, seems likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why people keep their traumas because people don't believe them. That's why you don't stop at the right. cops 20 miles away from fucking centennial Civil War towns. Nope. Oh, this movie scared the hell out of me. This movie really is going to stick with me. It sounds like it. This was in this was a cr- terrifying movie, not just driving trash. Incredible that we got to see it in a... What would the man himself say if he knew his movies 60
1: years later were being screened in the biggest cinema in town? I'd like to think he would say, uh, what's my cut? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What am I making off of this? Because it was a good crowd for that double feature. Yeah. It was a good crowd. And we saw a great, quickly, shout-out. Yes. uh, We saw a local film, and it was called Secondhand Hex, right? Damn, yeah. Couldn't have been more than a five-minute thing. And uh, real... Short little film from a local guy. Last name was Swanton. Was it Marshall Swanton? I forget the first name. But I yeah. think it was Marshall Swanton. Swanton. Really and cool stuff. The kid from the movie was in attendance. Yeah,
0: it was the cool. The star of the movie, a six-year-old, which we didn't know about when we watched it.
1: But yeah, that, that, that it was such a perfect little addition to this night of, hey, you can make a movie. Yeah, man, you want to make a movie? This guy made a five-minute movie. Yeah. And he made it really well.
0: Exactly. And which... it, may, it could have cost him... 500 bucks, maybe. Maybe. Maybe 5,000. I don't know. It looked really good. It was good. And uh, yeah, Secondhand Hex. It was just a surprise bonus screening in between these two uh, H.G. Lewis movies. Short films can leave me a little disappointed. Sometimes you want more than the 12 minute story that it gives you. Um, But there's a real art to making a five minute piece of contained horror showing enough and leaving you wanting more, but also leaving you scared at what you saw. Mm-hmm. And we both, I, I think we both leaned in and was like, that, you know, that was good. Yeah. Like that was a, that was, that was cool. a nice little, little treat and very cool night of movies. Yeah. But if you've not seen these, there's a chance that you haven't heard of these movies. They're still not common movies. That's you know? true. That's true. Yeah. They're um, legendary amongst certain circles and there's been beautiful, blu-ray releases of uh of these movies even the blu-rays are choppy in spots but you know they're a lot easier to find these movies than it used to be right but they're not shown on tv or cable or anything you know peacock's not hosting this movie but
1: yeah you know tubi probably is tubi is i they these they could be on shutter i know i wouldn't be shocked blood feast was part of uh the one of the joe bob briggs Driving mm. marathons a couple years ago. Sure, he showed that, and I know he wrote. Uh, I read this book that he wrote, like shockingly disturbing. You know, right? F- yeah, you let fifty me, movies you let change me things. It, yeah. Blood Feast was in that, of course. Uh, so yeah, it has undeniable its, place. It has its cult in following. the history of horror. Yeah. So it's
0: definitely a cult favorite. But it Two Thousand Maniacs, especially, it gets yeah. M- it, it a was, lot of it was writing. crazy
1: watching Blood Feast and then Two Thousand Maniacs, and just like. Leaps and bounds yeah. of movie making. But what's surprising me is, you know, we've both read a
0: lot about this era and these kind of films. And 2000 Maniacs always gets kind of written off as, you know, one of the movies that he's making to quickly cash in on the, the infamy of Blood Feast. Mm. Nothing about this feels cash in. This feels like a guy learning how to much better make movies. Right, right, so, but I see so much of like after the- you know underground success of Bloodfeast, you know, the guy obviously makes tons of movies every year, right, but this always gets lumped in with the like, yeah, just churning out shit, man, just making content, but no, 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 this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. It came to this, it did, uh if i can't get gi- I can't give a higher recommendation. Than uh, than 2,000 Maniacs. There you go. This is a real find.
1: I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you so much for listening. Good night.
0: Now the Yankees come along and they'll listen to this song and they'll quake in fear to hear this rebel yell. And they'll quake in fear to hear
1: this rebel yell.